All right, here we go. Podcast number two with George Brannigan. Cheers, everyone, for all the kind comments on the first one. This is actually the first recording we did, so there is a few cars in the background, so hopefully that doesn't spoil it too much for you. It was good to sit down with George and chat to him before he goes to Europe. We talked a bit about his collarbone breaks, and we talked a long time about his edit, which he's just released. So go and watch that before this, so you can know what we're on about. And then we just rattled on a bit more about testing, what George is up to now, and how he's feeling going into the new season. Hope you enjoy it. I think you say this is maybe the second podcast you've done? Yeah, this is... Um, I done one... The first one I done was like, like three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, I think it was during my collarbone injuries time. Yeah. So it was a wee while ago, but yeah, I haven't actually done one. Not in a sense, so... All right, yeah, yeah. well, let's see if we uh, both start fresh. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah, you can so pop my cherry for me. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good. Um, yeah, so was it four years ago, eh? Yeah. Collarbones, because you did how many did you did was it four back to back breaks pretty much mm. or was it three? I I broke my collarbone four times um, in the space of twelve months. And was it alternate sides or was it same same side same exact spot every time so every time yeah because yeah, I did mine I think just at the same time as you or maybe just after and I but I went mm. I went left and right side. Oh did you? Yeah. Yeah. Now mine was um mine was same spot every time. Um, and just yeah, just big crashes every time. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, one was, was that bloody tree. Tree, yeah, that was yeah, the first, that was first a... re-break. Yeah, yeah, that sucked. Yeah, and then every other one was just like just big slams because everyone yeah. was like, oh, obviously doing something wrong. It was like, no, just yeah, just huge <laughs> big crashes. Unfortunately, every time one for the collarbone. But yeah, yeah. I hate it though. Like when you um, because do you think even if. Well, obviously, even if that collarbone never been broken, you probably would have broken in that crash anyway. That, that's what I'd say to people. Like, mm. some people, if they, like, would say anything like, oh, you're obviously doing something wrong, whatever. I'm like, no, nah, like, the big crashes, they mm. probably would have broken a healthy collarbone. So, well, yeah, it was a pretty traumatic time, but... Yeah, and it's like you... And you'd never broken a collarbone before that. Nah, true. And then... Yeah, yeah. And that was like me. I'd never broken collarbone. Mm. And I went... It was my second or third ride back out. And I broke the opposite side. I think it was my your third ride, I think. Yeah. And I broke most, the other side. Most of mine were like that, like obviously the same one again, but was like within the first week or two. Yeah. I've been back on the downhill bike, and it would just be like something like a pedal catcher mm. that would like normally if you just like rolled well, but every time yeah. <laughs> yeah. Off the shoulder. I always find it was like yeah. with mine. It was just like they were both immediate stops. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah you have like a massive too. crash, but you roll and you're sweet. Yeah. My both were immediate stop. The second one was I just front end wash, flipped bars, and I went into the front of a roller, and then. Oh. Yeah. Now mine was. Well, it wasn't really immediate stop, so it was more just like, the first initial impact. It was a big one too. Each time was just the first initial impact was straight on yeah. the shoulder, like mm. not even getting an arm out. It was just, yeah, always straight on the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess we've all, we've all been there with collarbone breaks. Mine was just pretty extensive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty frustrating time. I felt yeah, it, it felt for you at the time. I couldn't believe it. When, like when I just kept hearing them. Yeah, coming after, back after the fourth one. So after the third one, actually, I had surgery and got a rod put in it. Yeah, so you get and it then, inside the bone, the rod. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they the surgeon um, drilled a hole in the outside end of the collarbone. And also in the break, that kept breaking, you, like basically ground down 
all the um, the old like bone Scar tissue, tissue there just keep on keep yeah. on breaking and healing and breaking and healing. It was a bit bit fuck. So he um, ground that down, pushed rod through the middle, and then yeah, and then I ended up breaking again after that, like yeah, three, three and a half months after. And then did that bend the rod? Then I mm-hmm. I guess not too badly though. Like he was just like he saw the exercise and was like it's gonna heal again, but. So have you got it now? Time, it's been six months off. Six months. Yeah. With the the bent, with the bent rod yeah. in it, and it's still like that now. Uh, it's slightly bent. It's, it's yeah. It's yeah. Marginal, like you wouldn't even notice. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't cause any problems now. Not That's at all. Yep. Yeah. Some days I actually forget which shoulder it was, which oh, is yeah. good because yeah. people always say with with injuries, um, in fact, we've dived really, really deep straight into injuries. I know, I thought that, yeah. Podcast, but kind of, probably tell most um, of mine are going to go then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was just like, I don't know, it was just, you know, you know, with like big injuries, like people always say, like, you kind of need to either like just a lot of time to yeah. like forget about it, or at least like fall on whatever it was that you hurt mm. to be like, yeah, I'm all good. Yeah. But yeah, for me, it's just been a lot of time that now it's like, you forget, your body forgets. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent. At that point now, I just I feel like hundred percent now. Yeah. Physically and mentally. Well, that was the worst part of the whole process was mental. Yeah, I think far. so. Especially yeah. in your position with, like, it's bad for anyone when you're like, oh, I can't go to work. Yeah. But I think in your Contracts position, are on the line. Yeah, exactly. Especially when it's like, been your career and that's what you've worked your whole life mm. towards. Yeah. And to get to and to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. Felt like it was pretty much almost stopping it almost did yeah. yeah well after any other injury and the guy goes back to work if he's a bricklayer he's going to go back and be a bricklayer yeah. in a professional mountain biker you get injured and you can't get back to the form you're done really. <laughs> yeah it's going to be tough like it's, yeah 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 it a lot of uh, sleepless nights but but yeah but here we are good now, yeah. sending it worked my way through it yeah which is uh, you've been obviously doing a few pretty big hucks Lately, recently, yeah. So when we're we gonna see this edit coming out? So I guess by the time this podcast comes out, the edit probably would have come out. My plan is so. What is it today? Tuesday. Yeah. Um, the plan is for by the end of this week. Oh, we could have it up on on the internet. So yeah, man, I'm excited. Yeah, it's a pioneer. A few um, big gaps. There was there was uh, two that were really scary that I had to pioneer for you. And so that's like. Yeah, no one else has done no. that. Even still, not done <laughs> yeah. them yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was one that um, Potsy uh, a few years broke his um, femur on. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple other ones that are decent, but yeah, basically scared myself a lot. Were of they times during this, Were they this all in the bike park, or were they uh, was one uh, of Cardi's? No, as kind well. of all over the show. Yeah, yeah one was Cardi's. One was. Um, well, two of them were at the bike. Well, one I pioneered was at the bike park. The other one, Potsy's one, was also at the bike park. Um, there was one I was going to do at Coronet, but that was like, it was borderline if I was even going to get a front wheel over, <laughs> which I could have done that and rode it out. Yeah. But I was worried if I'd like case it real bad, it would have been like case to just all the way down this hill over the bars. It would have been like a huge one. No, yeah. If it's, um, do you know, you know, um, after the moguls on Coronet Downhill Track? Uh, yeah. There's like a tabletop into a left berm. Yeah. And then there's a right berm. There's like a little kicker. Yeah. And then after there's that, one everyone goes to the right off. And then there's that crest that you go off. Yeah. Yeah, the one everyone goes off the right off. So I was going to um, straight line down through the tussocks and off that little kicker all the way over the crest. 
yeah. but it's like there's not much of a kick on it and I was like I, I was doing all these run-ins and I was like if I even get a front wheel over is like the max yeah. so like I pretty much only hit gnarly gaps if I'm sure I have the speed whereas yeah. that one I was like I, what? I'm not very sure if I had the speed yeah because it's the not the consequence is way too high I don't know like yeah one of the guys like I don't know there's probably a few people I don't really I'm not great at following everyone but obviously you yeah. know and you do most of these like huge gaps that aren't ever meant to be a gap yeah for one how do you I don't know do you try to find them or do they kind of like mm. do they just kind of stand out to you or bit of both yeah some of them I'm just like oh just see it or like I might even be just riding a bike park and just some days I might be thinking about some gaps and then I'll kind of keep an eye out like the one up the bike park it was like that yeah um then the one up Cardi's is more like you had the speed yeah to, to clear it if you pulled up sort of thing mm. so for people that don't know it's like this step on step off thing out of a berm yeah oh yeah but um but I was like the scariest part is the landing it was like sniper air so because it was blind it would be behind it was so blind so you'll see in my edit I've got a a bike sitting upside down on this rock on the side so there's like (laughs) yeah you come round the berm and then into the takeoff and it's it's like a bit of a bowl into the takeoff and as you come out of the berm before the takeoff you can't see the landing like at all but you could just see the wheels of the bike yeah that was upside down on the boulder so this boulder is the marking point of like you don't want to go that way okay yeah to the left but if i go to the right um i'm landing over the back of the um take off the next jump if i go too much to the right yeah was like a big ditch like a hole so i would have like just landed and just, just blown ejected. up <laughs> yeah so but then if i went left i'm landing into a boulder that was like it was like a meter tall. Cardi's is gnarly for that, yeah. eh? They're like, off the track is like, gnarly, minefield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was like, it was like, probably like a foot and a half, two foot wide pocket of where I could land. And it yeah. was, the length of the landing was pretty exact too. So yeah. like, it was gnarly. It was like probably the, I guess that was probably the more intimidating one. Like yeah. the one up Skyline's huge and it's yeah, big. Very visual. And hard. But um, and it's still blind, but mm. it wasn't as oh, pinpoint. Oh, sorry, the one um, around GSD. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty, which is gnarly. Barrick and yeah. the Cardi's quad is even gnarlier. Yeah. Well, just because it was so pinpoint. Like when I was going into the takeoff, I'm like, I just I'm looking at like past the takeoff, and not even looking at the takeoff. I'm just yeah. looking the whole whole time at the wheels. Yeah. Um, of the bike sitting there, and I'm yeah. like coming around the corner, just like lining up and pull, and you'll see like each time I'm landing like. I'm pretty much like in the air just like trying to put the bike exactly where it needed to land because yeah. if i was like half a foot to the left even clipping a pedal i was just blown yeah. up it was gnarly yeah yeah but i was like stoked to take and you just run your like standard settings though you yeah know, you don't bother like so you don't no, that's pretty cool though the I think only time well. i ever change my settings on my downhill bike is if it's like like big man-made jumps yeah like dream just just so mm. you, as people would know just so More your tires don't fold on the takeoff or yeah whatever. Yeah. No, that's good to know because it was like, I don't know, just real. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just like anyone can go and do it. You just need to be sure before doing that. <laughs> yeah, you just need to like, have the, some massive balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck, I know. Yeah. I was like, oh, when I when I went and done it, I was just like, it's, it's now and ever sort of thing. Yeah. Like the more you think about that shit, the 
the worse it is. Yeah. Because then you get a bit stiff and you like question it and stuff. But then um, my mate Albie, who's filming it, he he posted I think an Instagram story. Yeah. About it and um. Some guy replied to it and was like, some guy that races and he's in um, like racing in New Zealand, but I think he's in like. Oh, uh, vet something whatever man yeah and he was like oh I fully thought that was like could be possible and he was like oh, I'm gonna have to give it a go next summer <laughs> yeah. it's like just thinking I was like fuck unless you're like really sure did not give it a go yeah, yeah. like a yeah, dan- dangerous gap having a look at it like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I encourage anyone if they ever go to um, Cadrona Bike Park and there's um, they'll know there's like on the uh, what's it what is it um, Mile High Mile High yeah the flow trail yeah so that Big rock roller, left berm, there's a step on, step off. Some jumping, the whole thing. Mm. They ever stop and have a look at it. What do you reckon meters-wise that could be? Uh, it's not crazy. What would it be like? Yeah. How far is like here to that bush? That's like 10 meters, right? Yeah. Yeah. But Decent it's, size. Yeah. It's like a... Like if it was a tabletop, you'd be sweet. But it's not yeah, a tabletop. Not even, no, yeah. it's, just, it's so <laughs> yeah. blind and so like precise where you had to land and I I did have to go like if you're just shelving the boom like most people did yeah. you still wouldn't have a speed you'll mm. notice my line I was like sitting up high on the boom at the start mm. and just making it one big arc yeah. so I could just carry away more speed um, and that was pretty much the only way I was able to get the speed because yeah. you can't pedal yeah. um, well like you say I think it's one of those things like well video is never do anything just to say that they deserve when it comes to that and I think if nah, you just say I, I filmed it and looked at the footage after and I was like it still looks kind of gnarly but I was like you just need to know I wish that it was real hard to get the angle right from mm. the from the right hand side right is right we needed like a big boulder or something to be up like above it so you yeah. could see where I'm landing and, and see the rock and all that stuff and needed like a wide angle lens but yeah we filmed it just like well the whole edit was filmed with a dad cam but doesn't have a wide angle or anything and like the size of it just doesn't do it justice yeah it's often like that with, with gaps Potsy's said this before he's like it's frustrating because you're sh- like shitting I'm yourself like, for so long thing, yeah. and, and then everyone's like oh that's cool yeah honestly Onto yeah, the next, yeah. like scrolls to the next thing on Instagram <laughs> yeah exactly I was like fuck that's like one of the gnarliest gaps I've ever tried especially when you're like you're not sure if it's like well I knew it was doable but you've just never seen anyone do it sort of thing yeah yeah so that and the one, same with the one into, um, like next to GSD in the bike yeah. park. That was, um, I had to pedal up the, well, pedal from the road into yeah. it, took the chain off and just sprinted like pretty much top gear. Yeah. Sprinted down the road as fast as I could. There's a bit of a corner I had to stop pedaling. Mm. Sprinted again and then like manualed over the roller and then just picked up that's, off the takeoff and pulled up as hard as I could. That's and what that I was thought like, was so tacky. just cleared it. Yeah, that it was gnarly <laughs> like how you had to set up for that it wasn't like a nice transition into the jump it was like for one of the people see the video it was, yeah it's yeah. like manually yeah. and just yeah because the, the takeoff's like it's not even meant to be like that it's like, as, no. you, as you know it's got it had that little kind of little well it was meant to be like a jump on oh it was originally going to be like more of like an up box style thing but it was never going to be like an up box mm. but yeah so it had like almost like a small gap into a uphill slope yeah, I guess, yeah. Like. yeah so it's not just a nice yeah transition, transition into it yeah and that for yeah. me I was like when somebody said you'd done it I was like but how 
How? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you roll into that and then pull up from that? Exactly. That was the bars thing when, we, when I first spotted it. I was like, how am I going to... Originally, I was thinking like gapping from the roller into the takeoff and just kind of pulling up, like bouncing and pulling up. But I was yeah. like, it's just too much of a... Just like an impact to bounce. Yeah. Thing. You need a throttle on that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So Walker was the one that was like just... Um, Matt Walker, he was like yeah. just manual over the roller before. Mm. He was like, yeah, it's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. No, but when you watch the video, it's like mm. you make it look again like almost too easy. You should make it look a bit harder. It looked yeah. too easy. I was like, fuck, like it's gnarly and it's big. Yeah. And it was kind of good having not an intended height squad there. Yeah. But some of the boys are just like they're watching just froth like when I actually get there. Yeah. So I guess that kind of does it justice, but oh yeah, it's massive. And again, the run out from that thing, it's like not the longest running out until you have to hit a tight left turn. That was almost like equally right as hard as the yeah. gap itself. I think the run out is, yeah, as much was gnarly, yeah. skill in the ball. Like once I was in the air and I spotted the landing, I was like, sweet, I'm like, good. And then instantly when I was still in the air, I'm thinking about the corner after. I was yeah. like, as soon as I landed, because you kind of, it's like a bit of a rounded knuckle and yeah. then goes down. So I kind of like landed, bounced a bit when I already needed to be braking yeah. and then had to brake pretty late into the corner yeah and, and then just, just made the corner yeah yeah because it drops away quite again <laughs> yeah no that was gnarly and then was I, gnarly. I was just like until i see this video i'm just i could got not get around like i just couldn't understand how you yeah have got i showed you the video I'm yeah like, you did, I did yeah. Show yeah yeah and i was like yeah yeah Nuts. so everyone everyone will see it uh hopefully into this week into this week early next week yeah but so, um a lot of them are gnarly gnarly gaps oh yeah yeah. yeah, so Potsy's edit that he brought out recently was. Do you see that one? He that was a lot of it, mm, like a like compilation a of all his. Yeah, yeah, and that had a couple. That had the one that. Yeah. Where he jumps from Hakia back onto Vertigo, which he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, into himself. Yeah, and then. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Potsy. But I guess yeah, everyone can see it at the end of this week, and not just be on pink bike and things. Normal. Pink bike and vital and just for the Europeans, just anywhere on like, I don't know, whatever other websites they have there. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Should be sweet. Yeah. Now we get looking forward to it. What else is new? Sorry, yesterday in Bike Park and you were trying the old chain. Mm. Did you get many runs in in the end or? Um, only got two timed runs on the old chain. Um, I guess. This four. is just something that, like I don't know um, sponsor wise if it matters or not, but I'm just testing from my personal use to see if I like it or not. And I'm still gonna take it to Europe and try it and ask the team if it's all good to, to run or not. So, um, bearing in mind if I think it's beneficial or not, but mm. seemed pretty good. For people that don't know what O-Chain is, mm. do you want to just... Yeah, so O-Chain um, is basically just something that allows your cranks to be kind of floating um, separately from the chain ring, which um, in, re in theory, like what it, it actually does um, stop um, pedal kickback so some bikes uh, that's why I, I hadn't tried I hadn't even wanted to because I I know my bikes probably one of the better ones for for not having pedal kickback like yeah. every, every bike even common cells with a high pivot and yeah idler wheel and stuff I think still even have pedal kickback but some bikes are real bad for it so yeah. but I was like my bike's sweet so I was like I didn't even need to try it but um a mate in New Zealand who's importing them now um, Cam Johnson or CJ suspension he um, was like just just try it yeah so I was like sweet took it up to the bike park and I was like I was kind of when I was pedaling to the Gondi after putting it on I was like 
trying to ride over a couple of curbs onto the footpath oh, yeah. to see if I notice anything. I was like, don't notice anything, but I was like, whatever. Can Still you feel it when you pedal forwards? Uh, Oh, nah, no, not at all. Not until, well, apart from like if you quickly pedal out of a corner because there's that lag yeah. before the engagement. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so after that, like, didn't have too much expectation in my mm. mind. But um, some bits of the trail, you don't notice any difference because the suspension's not compressing it much. Like, just like yeah. little kind of corrugated braking bumps. And those ones that'll be like two inches tall. Yeah. Um, and then just like breaking hard into corners rough stuff it was like not day and night difference but it was definitely noticeable yeah and not placebo so do you want a blanket as well it's bloody freezing it's chilly i'll grab that one there um yeah yeah sorry we're just uh getting rugged off up. to the couch to grab some blankets and yeah stuff. definitely it winter's is, definitely on its way it is a chilly i need some slippers in here um yeah so that's just one one thing like I is any racer that wants to actually be competitive and take things serious it's it's worth trying different things and, and learning from different products and just seeing what's like going to help you the best for racing yeah. basically so we always see Bruni with a thousand computers on his bike oh yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and um whether it's not like whether it's something like new and innovative like O-Chain or if it's just simply getting the best out of your setup but some teams like uh i know specialize obviously the number one yeah for, for testing mm-hmm. a hell of a lot of mm-hmm. bruni and stuff but then common cell um i think what did i hear like something like they done something like a week or 10 days of testing every month of the off season was it the year when the mori first won the overall yeah that off season, something, something stupid like that. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, might be a rumor, but I heard they've done like a crazy amount of testing. Yeah. Do you think the um, the testing is, you know, just helps me- like mentally more so sometimes than actually physical? Because I wouldn't say more so. I'd say it'd go kind of hand in hand because yeah. if you've say sometimes you might test like every kind of um, option of of one thing whether it's handlebars or it's suspension or it's brakes or whatever mm. and you might have actually been on what's best for that yeah. um, from the start but you've tried everything and you know then you're on the best possible setup so yeah. say if you've tried that on everything on your bike which I'm sure like Specialising Common Cell and some of those bigger budget teams do yeah, then you just know you have the best setup Yeah. so <clears throat> for that reason then you're like man I can't, can't be any better yeah. the bike's not holding me back like you have good headspace, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to be fast. So, yeah, it's not just a physical thing from the bike; it's mental too. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's sure. always interested me with the um, the amount of testing you guys do, and it's um, when it comes to suspension testing. You know, are you ever do you ever just make one click and test, or do you do like a handful? Or because mm. it's feel different. Like when I've done testing with Fox, for example, first time I ever tested with them when I was on track like twenty. 13 or 14 um, the way they were doing it then was say one adjustment say it's like low speed compression yeah they would be like okay you're going to run this at full closed just to learn what it does yeah and then next run run it full open yeah and then the next run like in the middle and then like go from there cool. sort of thing yeah so that's that's why um, testing can be so extensive so say you try and might take like 
seven runs just to get your low speed compression set up yeah and then you got to get the high speed compression set up and then you sag and all that and then you probably have to not go again but you have to tweak your other adjustments again because once high speed compression's been adjusted then it slightly affects yeah. what um what dials you want on the low speed so it's mm. Yeah, apparently it was it Blinky reckons um, Specialized probably spent like a million bucks in the off season just on testing. Because <laughs> you think about like the whole team, yeah. the truck goes everywhere, travel, food, like everything. Like it's almost like a short race season for the team. Yeah, just doing the testing in the off season. So are you? Gnarly. Do you think more teams are going to follow suit with that? Do you know like? Well, are you hearing things around the pits like there's more like budget for teams to do testing? Yeah, it obviously comes down to budget at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so it's always going to be, it's just like people say, like Daniel's like the formula line of, of mm. mountain biking. Yeah. Um, so big budget teams will just have more an advantage of, of that. But yeah. But at the same time, like, to be honest, like bikes and bike products are just so good these days that it is kind of not a level playing field, but it is like, it wouldn't be, say like, 10, 15 years ago where what you're buying off the shelf is probably nowhere near as good as as what the races are using. It's, yeah, pretty much like what you get given is like what you race on and that's just like what the customer can buy. Yeah. I think it's more of just getting the right setup and there's things inside forks and shocks you can do with with shim stacks and will make the bike perform a lot better. Yeah. So things like that. There's a lot of those small, like say with CJ suspension as well, he's going to be the sort of dude if you want to get a bit more technical even as like your your weekend warrior rider he can help you if that's what you're interested in if that's what you love doing tweaking your bike you can get find people like cj to help you mm. twiddle away or if yeah. you are just a, a racer looking for that bit there's a lot of yeah small competes out there i guess now that can help you get those small advantages mm. as well yeah and that's important which is because, cool. also because like every rider is different and what they like yeah not just with, with suspension but bike mm. setup in general so like say one guy wants to run say just for argument's sake some guy likes 220 rotors yeah because it has a lot of bite on the brakes but then like me personally I don't like that yeah because it's just too instant too on off and mm-hmm. say if you're like riding like a a loose dry track you're locking up the wheels way too easy and you're not like riding smooth and so I don't personally like that but some yeah. people do so you just have to try lots of different stuff and figure what's what's best for you yeah Ooh. no it's cool because there's so many variables as well I think when it comes to the so day many, that so yeah that testing is just I don't know it's insane it's, it's a almost big like, process yeah but the other thing is like you don't know from one run sometimes either mm. say if you're like you might have just had one good run and been like oh that kind of felt good but some say running like a bar whip or whatever you're trying um, you almost need to spend like a good few runs or a good day on it. So I'd say, I'd say those teams probably say they're trying like a different tire or tire compound. Will probably almost spend a whole day just testing that. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, there's too many things you're changing, and you just like you almost need to get like an yourself. average, like an yeah. average speed for each setting. Yeah, and you just can overthink it too, and just like it's too much of a rush, and you just head head fuck yourself. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a, a long process if you want to do it right. But yeah most teams can't afford that really yeah I imagine yeah have you started doing uh, any testing with the team yet or will you do that when you get to Europe yeah no so when I get to Europe I'm obviously flying in two days um, and we have a like five six days of riding I think it is for a team camp in, yeah. in Schladming 
Sladman, so, Wigan. Yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. for that. Yeah. Are the um? Will there be a few teams out there, or it just sounds the, like? Yeah, like I think I saw pretty much everyone's going there. By yeah, the sounds of it. Yeah. So, Eddie and Walker are the old pivot team are going. Yeah. Um, I think Brooke and the Mondraker team are going, and um, oh, heaps of other people have said they're going. I can't yeah, cool. Off the top of my head, but do you I'd think that makes it better for if you if you're testing? Or do you, would you rather mm-hmm. test just with your team there so you can... Or do you, can you just like... It doesn't really people matter. Didn't care, you've done it. No, because... Nah, yeah, because you... The testing at, at the end of the day is like just from the pits, trying whatever's in there and like getting things changed on the bike and the pits and then on the top of the whole time, <coughs> time runs down. So if you're like hanging out with the other mates and staff and other people are riding, mm. um, outside of that or in the meantime, it doesn't really matter. It's just... As long as you're able to like get your bike dialed in the pits and try it on the track, yeah, that's all that matters really. Yeah, yeah so, so no, it wouldn't, wouldn't really matter. It's gonna be, it'll be, for me personally, better because you got more people. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got a good, good chat, I guess. If good crew, yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be sick. Well, uh, so when is the first World Cup? Was it meant to be Fort William, which has been cancelled, or mm. is there something else? Well, obviously, first World Cup would have been Maribor, that was postponed. That's postponed. Luckily, not cancelled. That's postponed till August, and mm. then Fort William was the first. And that's um, the only one that's been cancelled. Yeah. Um, and now Leo Gang will be the first, which is, I think, the 12th and 13th or 13th and 14th of June. Of June. Oh, yeah. sweet. So we're not far off at all. No. Nah. Really? Yeah. Like, just over two weeks away. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's the first one. And they've announced they're going to allow spectators to, like a limited number of spectators. Cool. But yeah, so that's that's just a good sign. What well, um, things are getting better? Do you get sort of like a bit of a information on how things are going to be regarding the coronavirus um, situation? Like, because like we kind of forget about it. Yeah, and yeah. you probably just forget about it. The yeah. only reason why I've been thinking about it is because I'm going there. Yeah. Real soon. But um, not oh, kind of like it, for a certain events. Like I got an email from EWS the other day. I'm doing. EWS oh, wicked! Is this, will these ever? be your first ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they send an email saying like just some of the entry requirements and mm. that you need a COVID test or probably will need a COVID test before going there. Is that you might be able to get one on site, but they're not sure yet. Sweet. So um, you got to sort that out yourself before you get there. Probably, yeah. yeah by the looks of it. Um, but now, like, I have to have a. I just booked in a test today, actually, to get a COVID test before flying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have to have one to enter Europe. Yep. Um, and been trying for ages to get a vaccination. I just before coming here actually got a vaccination. You got it. That's I just been. Oh right, we're Medical centre got the first vaccination and hopefully can get another one in Europe. Yeah. Um, it's the same test, uh, same vaccination. Sorry, as what we have. Yeah. The Pfizer one. So. Yeah. Um, there's quite a bit of stuff, but like to do with uh, um with COVID and and like complying with all the rules and, and stuff but it seems to always change what um, so you have you got to wait two weeks to get the second injection is it uh, yeah two weeks you can get it and then the it's one thing I don't know is if there's like a, a maximum amount of time from first first uh, vaccination to the second yeah um, but if it seems like it's going to be real helpful with just travelling country to country yeah. or for certain <clears> events <throat> then I'll try my hardest to, to get a second vaccination over there yeah but otherwise I'll just wait till I get back, back here and might might not even have the second one yeah <laughs> and just get yeah. them both again yeah yeah see how they go yeah. um so, see. rewind back to EWS well that's um 
I was just about to ask about that, but cause I didn't I didn't know until just now that you were going to do them. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, last year I was actually going to do my first one yeah. in Zermatt, um, which sounds like that would have been a pretty bad introduction to my first <laughs> EWS because it was yeah. well terrible weather and um, the trails weren't the ones that they ended up being able to race in the end because of the weather weren't the best. It just sounded pretty crap, but. Mm. I was there for the event yeah. and woke up one morning, like before practice or anything started, just one of the days while I was there, I woke up and I was like, I feel like I can't, haven't smelled something for like the last little while. I was like, just thought about it. Yeah. And then cut open a garlic clove, put it up to my nose, couldn't smell anything. And I was like, I Googled like what the symptoms are and that was like high on the list. Mm. I was like, oh. Yeah. It was a bad sign. So <laughs> yeah. I just um just left straight away. Like I didn't know if I had it or not, but I was yeah. like, it's not worth the risk of being there. Yeah. And, like potentially infecting other people. So I just got mm. out of Zermatt straight away. And um I had I'd had a test a couple of days before that, only because other people around Morzan where I'd just been had yeah. been getting it. But I felt fine. I had no symptoms until that. I yeah. thought I I was fine. And then um yeah, a few days after that, sure enough, um, the Dang. yeah came back positive. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. Yeah, bugger. Yeah, but I didn't even know I had it the first no. week. Like I barely felt anything, and the second week I was just like a little bit tired. But yeah, that was it. And yeah. you were sweet. Yeah, my uh, my mum had it, and then oh yeah, she's sweet. Yeah, yeah she didn't, just didn't really know. Yeah, she works yeah. in school, and some one of her like colleagues had it, and then she obviously got it off her. Right. And then the yeah, and then I don't even think they they tested my dad he just they were just like yeah you got it because he works from home and they're like yeah just stay home for yeah yeah self-contained and yeah and just mum test and she tested free I, actually i guess he must get tested too i don't really know how the whole process worked but mm. he was sweet he like obviously both of them a bit older and they were fine Didn't yeah know. are they pretty healthy don't have any yeah they're, they're, they're pretty healthy yeah, they're pretty yeah well that's the thing healthy like, lifestyle i probably knew like 20 to 30 people in morzane over that time that people were getting it mm. I knew probably about 20 or 30 people ended up having it and the worst symptoms anyone had was just like a normal flu. Yeah. Like I've I've had flus that are way worse than what I had um, from COVID. Yeah. Um, normal flus that are way worse. Mm. And yeah, just like most people, everyone was like, either didn't know they had it yeah. or just like, I don't know, um, sore throat and aches and just that simple flu stuff. Yeah. It's funny how it yeah. seemed to take a turn on some people and... <laughs> I think it's just yeah. the elderly and people who've got certain um, health issues that are like real vulnerable to that. Yeah, mm. yeah. But yeah, hopefully, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we're just current as normal. Like I say, we've had oh, a pretty yeah. lucky. Like, we well, I can't really talk at all being here, but yeah. got a feel for everyone over. Oh yeah, where they've so been hit crap. a bit harder. Yeah, it must have been so just tough. Just like mentally too, for mm. people who are healthy and not worried about getting sick, it's still like if you're cooped up inside a house all the time and. You're always in lockdown. Yeah, it's like not a not a mentally healthy thing. No, no. A cousin of mine, she uh, thinks she just started a new job, and the only way I think it was just her and her boyfriend mm. living together, and they weren't. She was, I can't remember, but she had. It was like eight weeks later or something, or even more, and she still hadn't met any of her new workmates. Hadn't really left, like hadn't left the house, and well, to do the essential things, and I was yeah. just like that. The freedom that we've had and mm. I don't know I couldn't even you, imagine doing that yeah and you, you 
Well, you kind of, yeah, you just take it for granted, don't you? Mm. You forget about it. But um, when you look at the lockdown we had, it was it like was this weather, there. it was sunny. It was actually like, sick. It was the best <laughs> fall. Like, how long was it? Six weeks in the end or something? Um, it was four or six Maybe weeks, it was six it? weeks yeah. actually in the end of, of full lockdown. And then after that, it went into level three. Yeah. And east off and you could go out and about then, basically. Yeah. Um, I loved it. But so everyone loved it because it was like... Was, I guess if you're like a small business owner or something, you, mm. it probably wasn't very nice. Oh, yeah. Stress. You know, if you lived like in a flat with people you weren't really mates with, it would probably not be that good either. And yeah, the but financial like, of us boys were all just like, like our flat, there was four of us, good mates all living together. Mm. And it was sick. We just had like the best time. Yeah. We always joke about it. It'd be like awesome to have another lockdown. I think they should make like a national holiday of it. And, <laughs> That's but like, or maybe just like a week, but that first Once week, year, like I... got out, got the jet wash on the deck, got the deck nice and clean, all like yeah. the garden, so like did all the house chores and you know, oh, and yeah. it's, like all these things that you just can't bother to normally do. And it was, spoke to other people and it was the same thing, like all the house chores that you've been putting up, like they're pretty boring, but you just nice good to, to knock like, them out do so. that and have heaps of time you're yeah. not like rushing it and you just cruise but we just like more just I don't know there was nothing we had to do mm. you didn't have to worry about training or being fit or whatever like we still got out and rode pretty much every day just within our bubble just went pedaling and yeah. and um, we're a fit but it was just like you just wake up like late and be like what are we going to do today and I don't know cruise just yeah the weather was bang on oh the weather was mint yeah we um, we just yeah just went riding and just watched movies and um, my mate see well you obviously know Jamie Lyle but people listening yeah mate um, got a Nintendo 64 you know like the old ones (laughs) yeah yeah Jamie got the Nintendo 64 sent down with Mario Kart wicked yeah and um, we played that like all the time in the evening we used to what, I think two nights we um play like a drinking game with Mario Kart where you always done the exact same track and whoever lost on the race yeah. has to um skull half a beer before starting so like as soon as it says go you skull a beer and everyone else like takes off yeah and then you're like from the back playing catch up but if you've played Mario Kart you know that when you're at the back you get all the better things mm. when you go through those stars yeah and like wicked. better things to take everyone out so it was just like it was fucking funny and we we just had like huge nights from it we were like absolutely written off yeah, playing I, Mario Kart well, the first day of lockdown it was my birthday yeah and uh, Lucy's girlfriend she had put on I oh know she just organised like the best lockdown party ever yeah. but it was just like the five of us in the house or four yeah, of us same. in the house yeah and it was yeah, just yeah. wicked man but yeah, yeah it was same for us. pretty rough but oh, it's so funny yeah. Um, but yeah I've not played Mario Kart for years yeah, it was just like, I, I think I, I was the one that was like, you should try to get it sent down because I remember like quite early on when I got to know Jamie through riding, like just his mates, he was obviously in Paracaram, I was in Hawke's Bay, which is like, I don't know, two and a half hours away from each other. Yeah. So sometimes I like go stay with him and like do a bit of riding and stuff. And we must have been, I don't know, somewhere in our teens. And I always played Mario Kart when I was at his house. And, yeah. I, and then I was just thinking like during lockdown, because we were like, we, we need like a PlayStation or an Xbox or something. And I was like, fuck it, you're old man to send the Nintendo 64 down. Yeah. And it was like the best thing. So much fun. I wonder yeah. how many Xboxes, Playstations, Netflix subscriptions got like bored. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it was like that first week <laughs> of lockdown. Open. Oh, people would have gone hard, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking actually during... um quarantine when i fly back home in september this year i'm gonna get a xbox or a playstation i need something yeah i don't know if um 
You can just get people to drop stuff off. I think you can. Yeah. And yeah, I might just get someone to drop it Should off. Should start like a rental service for the uh, the hotels. You rent them. That's actually quite a good shout. All right, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, rental um, service for lockdown. It's actually quite a good yeah. shout because so many people, you just get sick of like just watching movies every day. Mm. Having like an Xbox or something, just play games and be sweet. Mm. What should we call it? I'm sure that. No, I'm sure Eddie Masters can come up with a good name for the company. <laughs> Xbox Rentals. Xbox Rentals. Yeah. Wouldn't know. Get back to quarantine. <laughs> yeah, but, photos. Yeah, that's a good idea. What? Uh, yeah, because it will still be quarantine, eh? When you get back. How long are you away? Yeah, for? three or four months. Uh, three and a half months. Yeah, and then two weeks of quarantine. So by the time I get back to Queensland yeah will be four months so what's the race schedule in total so you got the three EWS you're doing all the downhills mm-hmm. crankworks and hardline where oh and hardline yep. yeah cool yep. hardline's open yeah so. I haven't been for four years 2016 was the well the only time I've done it it was yeah. the first time I've done it and then obviously 2017 I was injured mm-hmm. and then 2018 still injured 2019 I got the invite again but I was like I completed the whole season of racing yeah. healthy mm-hmm. and it was the end of the season I was like fuck this I'm just going home yeah <laughs> I, was, I so, think pull the pin out if you're not feeling it get out yeah I, I, it was just more that I was like relieved to just be like done that much riding and racing and just be like healthy at the yeah. end of the season I was like I just want to go home and just be healthy and chill yeah I didn't want to like take any risk going to hardline yeah um, just also because I hadn't hit big jumps for about three years like yeah. even dream track up there like intimidating I yeah and I was like I just don't want to like I don't know I'd be a little bit out of my depth at the time and yeah. do something stupid and be hurt and then like oh fuck's sake so. I think it's good to hear somebody like you say that about you know we all know how gnarly yeah. you can jump and then to hear you say that about hardline I think puts it like in a good yeah perspective of how it is yeah well the first time I went I I guess I've been riding big jumps quite a bit and I was really confident and comfortable with it. So that helped so much. So when I was there, I was like, I was still shitting myself with yeah. some of the jumps, but I was quite confident I could do them and I wasn't like being like, oh God, like I don't know if this is, I'm going to be all good. Or yeah. Whatever. But it's just like, like any new big jump, you just get that kind of like buzz of like learning it. But the thing is with Hardline, you've got like, 10 big features to learn in like one day mm. so you just like session a jump and then migrate down to the next one the next one the next one yeah um, looks like a good week of riding with a so sick Nets crew yeah yeah it's sick just the way they set up the event for like the riders and yeah. stuff and everyone involved it's just like I don't know just like a fun event yeah with a race at the end yeah it looked, it looked wicked what yeah. was it so it was 2019 was the last one wasn't it was, <laughs> 2019 yeah, yeah. When no played rugby. obviously nothing happened. I think. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, I missed that one. You Bit of drinking know. was going on by the looks of it. Yeah, and, and that, but I was, I was thinking, <laughs> I was like, man, I can't imagine being hungover and going and hitting jumps like that, and not just the jumps, but like the run-ins to the jump, to each jump was like pretty gnarly. And what's that's, te- that's what makes it so hard. Yeah, that race. And well, the the bits that we don't really see, like the more technical middle yeah. sections, how do they stack up to? Well, the thing is, like, they're technical, but more, like, quite fast and burly technical. Yeah. Um, The thing is, if you had the technical sections on their own, Mm -hmm. um, or the jumps on their own, wouldn't, if you, like, separated them, wouldn't be that bad. But it's the fact you've got, like, quite a gnarly technical section straight into, like, a big jump. Yeah. 
um, that's what's quite gnarly about it. When you, when you put the two together, yeah. that's what makes it way gnarly. Yeah. So if you had those big jumps with like a mellow, easy and like consistent, just like rolling, yeah, then wouldn't be that bad. I and then you're like pretty out of shape sometimes going into like a massive boot. Yeah. Like, because it's often wet there too, being in yeah. Wales. Yeah. So it, it's it's gnarly when you combine big jumps with big like gnarly technical sections. Yeah. yeah. I think. Um, do you think you could see a series of that if they had like Whoa. more event? What? Because I I watched I that and I'm like series, is... but like another one or two. Yeah. Maybe. To me, it's almost like the pinnacle. I might be wrong, but personally, I'm like this is kind of yeah. a bit of like a pinnacle of yeah. Is, well, because it's not even the fastest guy win. Like, not yeah, the fastest guy does win, but yeah, I don't. It's a different like, skill set. Yeah. To World Cup downhill, like, like I'm sure if you got like. Amori Perion or, or like Bruni there they'd probably still be in probably the same position it, yeah but you have riders that are like, like I want to say not Craig saying Evans. Bernard's not up there but he's just like super comfortable with big jumps yeah. and you can just tell when he's riding that he's just like in his element yeah so like certain riders are almost like not better with that but it's just like suits their style a bit yeah. more well yeah like uh, I just said Craig Evans for me was when he won I was like I think that's when I was like this is what I want to see more because I'm like yeah, Craig's yeah. like the guy that you know so many guys capable of top 10 World Cup position mm. and then it's getting that win is like the next thing whereas yeah. for that event and then like seeing yeah, that Craig win I was just like that is it was sick yeah not like that is yeah. outrageous like, I would have not yeah, even though just, he's very I, capable of the wind, he wouldn't have been my my money, you know. Yeah, if I was to no, be I a think man. the the weather did help for that. Yeah. but he's he's been there like a few times, and he is like just dialed and big jumps. You and watch, he's just a sick rider. But you watch his bike skill, and it's just like he's like even his like that gamble section he has with Bryceland, and even like his yeah. Instagram stuff he puts out. He rides a lot mm-hmm. of BMX now, but his he's got to be like one of the most like technically skilled dudes yeah. in two wheels. Like, like yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 like well, that's the thing. That's what kind of like I don't know, like brings out the best in certain riders like mm. that. And they do. It's, it's an invite event, so they do pick the right riders. Yeah. Like if say if um there'll be some guys that will get like uh, not con- well top twenties, maybe consistent top twenties that are just like absolutely pinned yeah. like in the World Cup races and just like pinned as. But when it comes to big jumps, they're like quite dirt jumpy sort of one some of them are yeah um we'll just like not shit but they'll just like shit themselves anyway. yeah <laughs> just well, not be comfortable which is fair enough <laughs> yeah exactly whereas yeah. hardline's more of a case of like it's you have to be skilled and you have to be fast but it's also just the full confidence thing like being comfortable at that yeah so if you're like able to ride all those big jumps and not be like shitting yourself and thinking too much about it then you'll be fast whereas like a like a, just a painter on like fast natural rough terrain yeah um, might not really shine in that event yeah do you think the so word, like, cool. it's just unique so I guess like the chilled out week into which probably is quite good for that oh, yeah because yeah, yeah. imagine if you have like a gnarly tense week and then you're like oh, at the end of this I've got to yeah exactly or if it like if the result really mattered sort of thing yeah you turn your head pressure and all that um would just make it way gnarlier. Yeah. So it's it's a good thing that they do that. They yeah. make it like a chill vibe because, I like racing World Cup stuff. There's a lot of pressure and a lot on the line. Yeah. Um, 
so if you add that into like a real gnarly track then yeah it's maybe a little bit too dangerous it was already dangerous when i was there like by the end of i feel like we had two practice days and i missed the first one because i had like some gnarly migraine only time i've ever had a migraine so i missed the first practice day but second day went up and then by the end of that day i think half of the guys were out there was i don't know 20 25 maybe 30 people i can't remember how many of us i think it was a 20 or 25 people yeah yeah by the end of that second day half of the people were out either from like a snapped bike or an injury it was gnarly yeah. yeah and um that kind of like i don't know brings you back to reality that like mm. it's pretty pretty savage yeah event. but i was like yeah it's i don't once, once i ticked off all the jumps i wasn't as like sketch out after seeing all those injuries and stuff because i was like sweet i've got through all that yeah most injuries were from like testing all the jumps and <clears throat> getting comfortable and learning it yeah from a purely like spec point like spectator point of view what i like the most about that event is that you look at that track mm. and you go i can't ride that yeah how often well, that's you, like, the thing that's you what i was gonna say Leo Gang and you get like like your average rider or not even your average rider but he's like he could go top to bottom of that track. Yeah. He might do it slowly, but he can go top to bottom, which is sweet. And exactly, that's, yeah. That's awesome as well, because it means that your general public can go and do exactly what the professionals do. Yeah. You know, there's no, like, middle, but hard line, like, say, it's that pinnacle, and it's like, you cannot mm. just be a good rider. You have to be insane. Good rider to, both things, big jumps yeah. and gnarly technical. And I, which I is why they, they select a few people, yeah. basically, just a select few people that are capable of that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just a very different style of riding. So, like you say, it's like some people just won't be able to ride that track. Mm. Even some of the World Cup guys will be, they'll be able to ride it, but they will be pretty dangerous. Yeah. They're not just, because some people just don't ride big jumps. Mm. Like, luckily, in certain places, especially here in Queensland, as you know, we've got Dream Track. Yeah. And you're just able to hit big jumps on a downhill bike. But, like, that's the thing with, with World Cup racing is, like, you know, people always complain about, oh, tracks are too easy, but... It just brings another element of technical and difficulty because you're going so fast. Yeah. So most tracks, you'll be able to get down, or like even an average rider will be able to get down most yeah. of it anyway. But it becomes technical when you start going like 50k yeah. an hour over some rough terrain, especially even if you're reaching up to some of the trails. Well, some of the races were <laughs> speed track was over 80k an hour. <laughs> yeah, gnarly. Yeah. 80k is fast. Yeah, when, it it, is. when there's like loose rocks and stuff. Yeah, like when you're not there, gonna asphalt road <laughs> you're on a exactly. dirt track yeah you've been 80k an yeah. hour on an asphalt road yeah. that's fast yeah. yeah so i think it was it was either 75 or 80k an hour was like the fastest speed trap and it was at monsonam where they've got that real fast but just straight down the ski piece yeah yeah and you just come out of the woods like step down into a berm and then you've probably got like a good 300 400 meter section that's just straight flat out and it's just like goes at the first with the ski is a bit flat and it just drops away and it's yeah. it's scary fast because there's like this one rut that's kind of like carved in that's probably like uh, a foot wide maybe yeah. of like where you want to keep your wheels <clears throat> yeah. maybe even less than a foot and on the on the side because it's like on as if you know monster name it's just like it's real rocky sort of terrain so there's like loose rocks all over the side yeah and it's now that's like chewed out a bit and a little bit rain rutted it's fucking terrifying when you're yeah. going like 75 80k an hour yeah and you're like if i'm offline 
it's just, yeah, you like hit a rock and you just blow up. It's it's gnarly. And then you duck back into the woods and. Mm. <laughs> well, you got quite a big bit to like get on the anchors and oh, right, yeah, and break up into the woods. But then after that, yeah, straight into the woods. Yeah, and a bit slower. I always yeah. quite like the um, even like Peter Merricksburg. Uh, mm. I like. I like how involved the mechanics then have to get. You see all like the bike tweaks to try and make the bikes faster. Oh, for that, yeah. I, I like, yeah, yeah. you know, if every track, I think there was, I don't know when it was, but I feel like it was maybe because every track seemed to see, be a bit, you know, just like flat out and yeah, yeah. boring. and that the same that, sort of thing, right? But I quite like, I, I like having a mixture, I think, because mm. at the end of the World Cup season, what's the point to find the fastest downhill racer? And, you, yeah. and it's got to be the person that can do everything you know like that yeah. and that's what outstands me when you have like like Bruni and mm. Danny and whoever and they're like every single week they're within a second of each other and every single Pretty week much, the track's yeah. so different and you're like how can you be like you guys are almost like the same rider yeah like that blows my mind how but I think it just simply comes down to like everybody's fit yeah and everyone's got the skill and it's just they're it's not like there's a maximum speed but the perception of how fast you can ride a section mm. with, with all the top guys is like it's so similar like you just know how fast you can ride it and that's why everyone's like there's there's a, pretty much a limit on each section of track yeah and those top guys are getting on that limit because um, that's pretty much as fast as you can go yeah so that's why there'll be like those few guys just so close yeah from one track to the to the other that they might be very different tracks but yeah. there's still like a limit of how fast you're going to be able to ride it um, but then, yeah, there there is tracks that are like, like Peter Maritzburg that are real physical and like a sprint sort of track mm. where you got to think about like tucking and pumping and all that stuff and yeah. bike setups very different. But yeah, yeah, still Look, the same thing. That, like yeah, like South Africa wasn't my favorite track to watch, but mm. like I say, as far as like seeing what the mechanics do to the bike, all the different tires, they run yeah. like a like, like a semi-slick and semi-slick stuff like, something yeah. it's like cool and I like that and then you go somewhere else and it's a more technical track and you got to see that the bike goes back to kind of what they'd normally ride but then you get the, I don't know the riders have to do all the work mm. um, but I, I just like seeing good. tracks when there's good line options yeah. even if you've got a real cool track for the riders to ride if every rider comes down to exactly the same line I'm a bit like yeah. I like to see yeah, when exactly. you've got two guys that ride a totally different line but the time trap says they just did the section mm. at the same you know the same speed yeah exactly and I love that and it is a hard one unless you've got like a full like they would in EWS like tape a brand new section and it's slowly getting cut up and new lines are forming Mm. then you'll see new lines being ridden even in the race yeah but like I feel like downhill races it's just so I don't know like everybody's really good these days that everybody's able to like read the train and know where the fastest line is yeah. even if it's like a minute difference yeah pretty much everyone's on the same same line even yeah. if there is lots of line options so there's like one section saying like Valdesol for example there'll yeah. be a section with like four or five different line options but most people will be on the same line yeah because you just know what's going to be the best from riding it fast entering it fast and ex- exiting with good yeah. speed like you just everyone just has that ability to know how to ride it so yeah yeah you they might build trails with with line options but mm. it doesn't mean everyone's going to take all the options yeah yeah well it's like you know it's obvious you're not going to take a line that's twice the length and around the outside when you can exactly yeah. so, but no i yeah. love it when you do see i uh, know that 
and then there's sections. They're, they're quite rare, but there's a few tracks there that do have those ones where yeah, people seem to for sure just go all yeah, over and, the show. And it is like there's always sometimes it's a case of there's different line options, but they're not really one might not be much faster than the other. Mm. It's just more of rider preference. A case of a rider preference yeah. and what you feel more. Which I, I like to see that. That's uh, so mm. like because you want to. You know, you get to get a good feel for the rider's style then. Yeah. And you see like the preference and what they they ride with the yeah. rail and outside or just exactly yeah. or like whatever. Yeah. But no, it's cool. Um, but yeah. So what else we got? So we got Rebel Hardline, EWS, mm. World Cups, Crankworks. Works. Yeah. Um, surf trip in Portugal in between. Oh yeah. <laughs> you get holiday. one of them in every year. <laughs> No, not normally, but... Um, oh, you don't? We just figured, like, it's going to be a pretty jam-packed schedule with all those events going on. And yeah. Hardline is in the middle of, I think, a five- or six-week gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and say if we go to Hardline, then there'll be, like, um, Eddie and Matt Walker and a few of us that'll go to that. And then probably after, we'll yeah. just go for a trip to Portugal. Portugal. Just to, like... If it's a full-on season and there's a lot going on, you may as well have a little break in between and freshen up just to keep yourself sharp mentally mainly yeah. for the rest of the season did you get out on the board so, much this summer over here hmm. did you get many not trips? it's never as much as I'd like to no um, like I've been surfing for years but just um, only like a handful of times a summer sort of thing yeah so because where I'm are you originally did you say you're from I'd like to do it more no. uh, from Hawkesway yeah is that, yeah, is that coastal Island, so. It it is coastal, yeah. um, but not all of it. Like I'm I'm from, a, a kind of inland a little bit. It's like a ten or fifteen minute drive to the coast, but the beaches that we normally surf, maybe it's like 30, 25, 30 minutes sort yeah. of thing. Um, so I didn't like grow up on the ocean like surfing all the time. Yeah, I only got into it because a couple of mates like were into it. Yeah, just start learning and then. As probably lots of people do, learn on a board that's like too small for them. Just mm. thinking, oh yeah, whatever, I'll just pick it up this way. And yeah, took probably like two, three years yeah. of that until I was able to even like consistently stand up on waves. Because mm. um, it's just like you just don't learn on a board that's like a little potato chip. Yeah, I wish I wish from the start <laughs> yeah. I had just gone and got like what I have now, which is like a five nine twin fin fish, but like real fat, lots of volume. Yeah, yeah. But that's you learn, don't you? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And then yeah. Well, when they go to Portugal, and yeah, jump yeah, into it. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a buoyant short fish. Been nice and warm there, not like the yeah the bays around here. Oh man, a lot warmer. I mean, it gets kind of okay through February here, doesn't it? But still won't catch me with that. Still not with a wetsuit, no. Uh, yeah, for sure. But it's been like I guess more motocross this past summer, eh? Or? Yeah, I've been, how many times, I must have been like a good handful of times, maybe even 10 times um, this summer, so a little bit more than the normal. I normally go like a handful of times, five yeah. to 10 times sort of thing, the summer, but Where did you end up finishing in the race of the week? Yeah. So, pretty good overall. Yeah, so, what were, I don't know if I, what I was in the overall, but so there's three motos, I raced yeah. MX2 and was 10th then eighth then seventh yeah um first motor was a nightmare with as, as you know it was just puddles everywhere and yeah pulled all my tear offs all seven of them of the laminated tear offs by the end of the first lap and was really? just covered in water and mud and yeah. just like 
and then got taken out and already had like throttle grip on both hands because my gloves are wet and yeah. covered in shit and then um got taken her out taken out like on the second or third lap mm. and just had more dirt on my hands and just like could not hold on i was just like fuck this i thought i was like 20th it turns out i was like 10th yeah i don't know how <laughs> yeah you were running good yeah i obviously yeah. didn't ride the last motor and yeah, yeah. Sick. yeah yeah i'm loving it i well, feel like i'm getting to the point now where i feel kind of natural on a motor mm. whereas it wasn't like that like you know you just have to think about remember that, using we were the there with wilson and, what five years ago the what remember we were there with wilson about five years ago at the track I think you hadn't probably seen what what did I have then? Yeah, it's probably I can't even remember. No, but did you have a how many Yamahas do you had? Did you have a Yamaha back then? Oh, I've had a Yamaha for I had it for about four and a half years, that one two five. Yeah, it's probably that a sick little bike. Yeah. I, I kinda of miss it some days. Mm. Um so much fun. At some point I'm gonna get another one. Yeah. One two five. Like my idea would be to have like a would you pretty decked out two fifty or a um or a three fifty. Like yeah. quite a grunty um, four stroke yeah um, and then a one two five just yeah. go fuck around on um, but yeah I, I, I think um, in terms of like riding while I've progressed a lot I reckon riding XR100s has probably been like the key to me feeling good on a moto yeah because you're able to like muscle it around mm-hmm. but you're still learning how to ride a moto because you know on yeah. a moto it's all about technique like mm. body position like using the throttle and brakes and clutch and all that stuff all within like all fluidly together yeah and without thinking about it but you're not so fatigued yeah XR, yeah i reckon that's what's helped me the most all yeah. right so XR, yeah, i'll put right. that on the list yeah yeah everyone <laughs> queen some yeah. So. <laughs> yeah it's a new zealand mecca for xr hunters it is actually there's probably more here than honestly i really anyway i missed that in any place in new zealand than all these xr hundreds here i missed the race every week but how many was that was oh do you miss it yeah i don't know it was about oh, 30 or so 40 good of you ended it was like a full bloody national game star yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well it's probably about 30 little bikes and i'd say about 20 to 25 of them were xr hundreds and then yeah. there was a few like ttr 125s yeah things like that um there's so many of them here yeah yeah it was sick yeah it was bloody it was almost the event of the year yeah yeah that we did that um, just before lockdown <laughs> last year just before like, yeah it was it was before, like it was like it? a week yeah it was not long before lockdown last year we did it yeah and it was like yeah funny times and you look at it now and yeah yeah we can do what we want eh? pretty much yeah how come you missed it this year oh, i was just working oh yeah, yeah right just working made the after party yeah yeah <laughs> you'll see me there Couldn't miss that one. <laughs> nice uh, i was thinking i didn't want to dig back too much but I was just thinking, when did I first hear of George Brunnigan? And it was mm-hmm. uh, 2012 when you got second at Half Gel behind yeah. Stevie. And then there was Nick yeah. Beer as well in fifth. Yeah. Because it was you guys, you were all on Da Vinci at the time. Eh? And I was. Mm-hmm. I think that's the second time ever that um, one team has had three of their riders on a podium. Yeah. And the only other time before that was the Santa Cruz when they had Greg Minar, Steve Pete, and Nathan Rennie. Oh, yeah. on the podium really it's the only other time it happened I don't know if it's happened since they I feel like with Blue Santa Blue? Cruz has probably done that with like Loris Greg and um, Luca yeah I feel like they might have someone else I, I think one other team's done it yeah. once again not to I don't want to sound bad but you kind of 
expect those guys to do it whereas Nick mm. and you yeah, to be I, fair at the time would that was definitely... my first top 10 too was it yeah. straight to I'd always, I'd been I'd been having a sick season and like on the cusp of doing well yeah um, that's what it felt like like yeah. I'd been I qualified top 10 one or two times before that um, and just had like just a bad race from like a mechanical to like just a slide out or whatever yeah but I've been I've been like getting like top 15s and stuff like all the time and I think I was sitting like 14th or 15th in the overall like I've been had, having a pretty good season yeah um, and that was only my second year elite at that point um, and then in Hafiel I was just I don't know I was just frothing the track and just like things were clicking real well that weekend and qualified third Right, I started off with time practice I was like fourth in time practice and you normally don't look too much at it but I was like people all you know sometimes everyone goes hard in time practice and you yeah. do actually have a gauge from that and I was like fuck it's fourth and just had like mm. a smooth run I was like man and then um, qualifying was in third Stevie was first and then I think it was Robin Warner the Swedish guy he'd ridden there a bunch and he'd slotted in between into second I was like holy shit like <laughs> this is this is foreign to me. This is all, I was yeah. like, this is mean. And then just um I was pretty nervous for the race, but like being teammates with Stevie and just like just those little subtle sort of habits, the way he I don't know, approaches a race and dealing with nerves and the way he holds himself, I feel like rubbed off a lot and made me able to I don't know, perform my best on that day and not not like fuck it up sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, then had like a mid race run, ended up second. Yeah, yeah, it was like holy shit. I remember, um, and I, I, I had a good start too, and then um, just felt like I had had a good run, but for some reason that race didn't have like a big crowd, so the finish area there was not that many people, Mm. and I remember coming around the last corner, right where, at the time there was there was no bridge jump, but that year when. Um, Josh Bryson broke his foot on that yeah, bridge table yeah. top jump and I remember coming around that corner and then because you just had like pretty much just a quick sprint to the finish like two yeah. latest grassy corners I remember coming around the corner um, before that so back up before that like the crowd was not making any noise I was like oh, fuck like I'm yeah. obviously not I'm like way off or yeah. something like that and then came around the corner and looked up and I could see the board with green because yeah. it shows your splits yeah. and I was green and I was like what the Big just <laughs> to the finish, yeah. and then still I slotted like oh, half second or a second. No, I, was, I think it was over a second up on. Was it Greg? Over, I think Greg Manau was in the Greg hot seat. Third, maybe. Yeah, and it, it was quite funny going back and looking at the live feed. Um, obviously, as you do when you've like had a good result or a good day, you oh, yeah, tend to remember good sure, things, don't you? Yeah. And I remember, I remember um, so vividly watching the the live feed and. Um, Claudio and Rob Warner um, commentating and they it shows the first split and I was already like 0.5 back at the first split mm. but I was like quite bad at the start there anyway yeah it was um, it was a short split anyway so remember, was it like it was like quite, quite those fast long tables yeah I've only ever was, I've never been yeah. I've just seen it on TV that's what it was yeah and then it'd be straight into the woods from mm. there but the first split was not long after those yeah um, but anyway so like was half a second down at the first split and I like, oh that's a bummer like at least you're doing like well in the um, qualifying and like he'll have a bit of confidence for next year and group yeah. and stuff and then it got down to the second split which is 
pretty far down at that time. I think it was with three castles, like three quarters of the way down. And um, and I kind of like already almost about to talk about the next person. I was like writing you off. Yeah, and then um, and then it was like one point something up. Yeah. And they were like, uh, 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 oh, what? And they were like, just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then, yeah, all of a sudden they all frothed up and then, yeah, slotted like one point something seconds up. Yeah. Into the finish. Yeah, I was stoked. I love it. Yeah. It was a weird feeling because it almost felt like easy and like it hadn't been like this long process of like this goal that I've had for like five, ten years. Mm. So, like, when it happened, it was just like, oh man, cool. Like, I wasn't just like, holy shit yeah. just like buzzing at the finish I was, I was buzzing but I wasn't just like just like emotional and over the moon or anything yeah. like that because I guess also so when you're like you're riding good and you when you have good results it normally does feel like it's kind of easy because yeah. you've just like everything's clicking and it's like you're not fighting the bike everything just like works yeah so like yeah like I said I didn't feel like I had some amazing run but sure enough did and then I finished and I was like oh that was pretty mean yeah <laughs> I was like pretty stoked but I was like yeah it wasn't like say if I was to do that now after having like done it for like 10 years mm. or over 10 years and like knowing like how sick that would be to be second yeah I feel like it'd be a lot different now yeah so yeah just at the time I was like yeah so second year elite comes it's quite a yeah yeah it was just racing like, podium exactly yeah because the year before that I was not doing that great yeah um, so we, were you on it was like my best result we on DaVinci the year before as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah did you yeah. come up through juniors on DaVinci what was your no so I um, so first year junior I just went over to Canada and did two world cups yeah um, just as a privateer mm. went over for like three weeks so we oh three four weeks whatever it was we went to Whistler like a mate of me were doing the same thing went over to Whistler and rode for like five days or a week um just like get over jet lag get up to speed and stuff and then um yeah and then this this is quite funny because it shows my lack of knowledge of um world cup racing how it all works so we had flights booked from Whistler to Quebec before Montana which would have been my first world cup didn't even know track walk was a thing so i my flight was like arriving in the afternoon after track walk yeah <laughs> and i was like fuck like everyone else is doing track walk and i was like i just didn't even know but i guess yeah. it didn't bother me too much at the time because i didn't know it was such a thing yeah and didn't know if it was beneficial or whatever but my mate who had done a couple of world cups the year before you know richard leacock i recognize his second name but no, yeah maybe if I but anyway him. he he kind of knew and he had booked his flights for the day before but anyway, I'm like flying in, no track walk, and turned up for the race, hadn't walked it. First run in practice, slid out, um, just like a little slide up, but it like wrenched the bars up and snapped the stem. Uh. And I had a direct mount stem, which I think weren't that common at that time, or that type of one wasn't anyway. Mm. And I couldn't find a direct mount stem all day. Ended up driving all the way into Quebec, checking all the bike stores, missed all the practice. I'd only got half a run. So, and this is my first World Cup. I didn't even know the track, so I didn't even walk to it. And then, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the next morning, maybe it was, yeah, I still didn't walk it. So the next morning, I um, just banged up four, four runs, I think, before qualifying and still qualified, like, 50th, I think. Yeah, and that, and was, when that, you... that was when juniors and elite yeah. were mixed. So I was yeah. like 
kind of like shocked because like how the fuck did I qualify yeah knowing that qualifying was supposed to be hard yeah which it was but I was like I guess I was just sometimes when you know you're a little bit behind the eight ball you just like try that a little bit harder mm. and I feel like in those practice rounds I was just like I think I was pretty much just doing full rounds just like going as hard as I could yeah <laughs> and then just race uh, quality round just went yeah just balls to the wall and it just worked out and yeah qualified like not even knowing the track and, and that was really your first having practice that was my first world and that was 50, 50, 52nd 52nd yeah so qualifying and then the race didn't go as well as I ended up 60th I think something like that yeah, yeah. 52nd first track qualifying pretty yeah. and I was a first year junior too yeah pretty good going so it was pretty full on then the second world cup was a weekend after in Bromont yeah or maybe two weeks after I can't remember because we, we rode a bit in Bromont bike park in between um and ended up 41st both quality and race run for that one I remember yeah yeah I think I was I was the first place junior too actually at that one. Oh really yeah because who did a little bit of help know? from um Brooke and Danny Hart had either bad runs or just washed out like crash or something but yeah, I guess forty first as a first year junior. Was, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. Forty first now is good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mind when you're a junior. So obviously something was working, but um, yeah. I remember I wasn't sure if I was even, or not that I wasn't going to race, but I was like a little bit put off. Like I had had a not a decent crash, but like a pretty hard like fall on my elbow during practice before the race, and I had to have stitches and stuff. Mm. <clears throat> and I just like hurt like fuck and. I was just like not as into it but still still did well yeah for the yeah. race run yeah that was sick so and what year was world that champs in Aussie 10 2009 9 yeah and then world champs in Aussie yeah um, a few weeks after that where Brooke ended up winning um, that was in God, was it Canberra Canberra yeah and then yeah. Pete Mount Stromlo <laughs> was that yeah that was Pete's year yeah 2009 yeah when Petey won yeah, yeah, Pete yeah. that was, that was yeah. like one of the sickest events I've done in terms of like just the crowd and everything like mm. It was actually a real fun track to ride. Yeah. Um, just not so great to race because of the big sprint. Same with Peter Maritzburg. Yeah. Real fun to ride, not so much to race, just because it was like a big slog. Yeah. But um, I remember, I remember at Mount Stromlo, like the hill was tiny, and it was all like pretty much in the open, a few like scrubby sort of bushes mm. and tiny trees. Um, and we went back up after the juniors race and watched at the top. And um, I think it was Mick Hanna just crossed the line and he went to the hot seat. I yeah. remember hearing it like it was like I was at the bottom. It was oh, so, so loud. Man. There was so many people. Yeah. I can't remember how many thousands of people there was. It was a huge crowd. Yeah. Because obviously, like like it would be in New Zealand with the World Cup or World Champs. Yeah. You never get it. So anyone who's into mountain biking would have gone and watched yeah. it. So there's there's was, there was, yeah. There's probably a few Kiwis there as well, I imagine. There would have been heaps of Kiwis. Heaps, yeah. I can't remember... Oh, whatever the number was, it was, it was thousands. It was, it was yeah, sick. It was wicked. just like, yeah, it was like a big fucking stadium. Bowl yeah, at the bottom, <laughs> heaps people. It was sick. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it must have been outstanding to, I don't know, see big Steve get his, it was get yeah. his win finally. Yeah. I guess I didn't know the whole like, I don't know, world champ saga of of Peter's mm. before that, so I didn't appreciate it, yeah, um, as much. But over the years, realizing, especially after a doco came out, he yeah. realized how that puts goosebumps on my, yeah, on my arms eh, when he's coming oh, down. Now. Even if you don't know anything about mountain biking, you weren't even a fan of it. Mm. It's a good doco to watch. Yeah, so good. When it came out on iTunes, I think it was like 
I think it was number one on iTunes movies. Really? Like, yeah. I've, I've got it. I downloaded it, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. I need to go watch it again. It's no, well, I need to show the girlfriend to throw some real, some real history. Yeah. It, it's good history there. It's a good era of lots of, um, I don't know, characters back then. And yeah. Yeah. Quite a good era, I yeah. think. Good story. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, yeah. It was wicked. Mm. The, like, the whole Nico Bullios thing before that, like, like is he? He's racing the E. He's he, he raced EWS now. for a while, but I think now he just does the E. The E EWS, yeah, E bike EWS, which is probably actually real fun. Mm. To be honest, that would be sick, I reckon. Yeah, I guess what's the, they probably just got like a bit of a trial format at the moment. I can't of that. Oh, I don't know how they do it. I feel like it's probably like the same thing. Yeah, but you just have the E bike to get you up the hills. Maybe. Yeah, or? I'm not sure. Maybe I, really, I saw the results. Getting down to, I don't, yeah, but I didn't really follow the. Um, the whole format very much yeah that. yeah I, I don't know how it works but um, I think Tracy Mosley's doing that as well now eh? is she? I think she I think I heard something that I think she might have been doing that I can't remember now yeah but oh, yeah. it'd be cool Feel to see the old dogs, eh? yeah, yeah. yeah. they do say the e-bikes are good oh no she was having no, I don't know I feel like I listened to a podcast with her she might she might have done that I can't remember I'm training mm. for them anyway it'd be good to see them back on it Probably yeah shit, might have been called an old dog though <laughs> <laughs> I don't know sorry why. yeah yeah um, how long have we been chatting for? Well, just over an hour anyway. Just over an hour. No, we'll wrap her up. Yeah, there's a couple of questions. Well, yeah, I guess we just um, went back to George before I knew George. And then, mm-hmm. well, yeah, George now on the uh, the propane. Yeah. You were on that. Was last, last year was the first year? Or was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, last year was my first year with propane. Um, and quite a bummer with all the COVID stuff because that was like my first time since all the injuries like feeling good again yeah and feeling like i could like be myself in terms of racing and riding so it was quite a bummer to like they just basically put a halt to all that and i know we did get those few races before but as so many people did in the world cup so it was just like a messy year hard to stay motivated and be like at the sharp end and and just be like really prepared so like i feel like my off season that i had going didn't carry through yeah, the races overseas, unfortunately. Because you, just, Cause I was you didn't know when you were going to get the call to go, I guess. Is yeah, it? it was just like, is it gonna especially get being pound? winter here, and yeah. being in Queenstown, being a really cold winter place, so it was hard to train properly. And how did you find the format? Because it was the double-headed um, weekends, wasn't it? I unfortunately didn't get to race oh, you didn't, in the end. Yeah. Like, I did Crankworks in and, yeah. and did well there. I was, I think, fourth or fifth. Um, with a lot of the good World Cup guys. That must have been good to see a Brook back for that one, eh? That was sick, That yeah, was an was outstanding pretty, like, result. That, that is... Goosebumps sort of thing, watching Insane. Like, yeah. we were talking about the injuries before and how hard it is to come back from, like, even a collarbone break or yeah. a dodgy shoulder, whatever. To come back from what he did... That quick, too. That is... Well, just the thing of, like, hearing... He would have heard from the surgeon being like, probably won't be able to walk again, mm. let alone <clears> race professionally like he is. Yeah. So, just testament to how mentally strong Brooke is. Yeah. But if for anyone who hasn't watched that doco, go check it out. I think it's on Red Bull TV. Red Bull TV, yeah. right? Would be like the number one place to find it. But yeah, pretty inspiring. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that that a, event, um, seeing that all just happen unfold, and being there. Yeah, because you're, you're obviously sick. pretty good mates with Brooke as well. Mm. You guys are on track to get well. Yeah. You're probably mates before that. We obviously been teammates just as well. Knowing each other through riding. Um, from pretty much when we started riding, I didn't know Brooke before that. Yeah. And then obviously we've just known each other for years. Mm. Um, since we, oh man, must have been like 
13, 14, we got to know each other just through writing. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, been yeah, through so a bit, I imagine, overseas. Yeah, yeah. We've both been through our big injuries, but yeah. that one for Brock was, but a, no. was a big one. Yeah. No, it's good to see him yeah. bounce back quickly. But I think it, it was kind of good for him to, like, I can kind of relate um, to how the whole, like, um, recovery thing is. It's, it's, I know, not comparing mine to Brooks, but, like, in terms of the whole length of the process of constantly every day you're rehabbing and trying to get fit and strong and mentally um, back up there it takes its toll yeah and it's like a long process without a without a break I know he didn't have a break so his whole goal was to like get to Crankworx and I feel like for him it was probably like that was achieved and then he did those World Cups and World Champs after that but I feel like that was the thing to like get there and you could tell he was a bit mentally drained after and mm. so having the off season and a kind of extended one now it's yeah. been kind of good for him because I feel like he would have just chilled and taken a break and, and reset and just like I said with my collarbones you like need that time for your body to forget yeah so it's not in the well sorry not in the front of your mind yeah like when you go riding <clears throat> yeah so I feel like we'll probably see the pretty much fully the old brook awesome. this year at some point yeah whether it might be right at the right at the get go, you might see um, good old Brook yeah. charging. Um, but if not, like if he's not that hundred percent, I reckon by the end of the year, yeah, yeah, which is pretty good to see. Impressive. Yeah, just <laughs> as outstanding for anyone that is. Oh, in, uh, yeah. Any any sport like anyone's anyone who's like an athlete or anyone in general, but yeah. will be able to watch it and be like, holy fuck. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter if you're like, like obviously, if that happened to like a, I don't know, like an NFL player or someone, like from a really big sport, a huge name, mm. it would be like front frontline news. Oh yeah, and so many websites and, and the news and whatever. But um, yeah, anyone, anyone who understands what you went through is will be impressed. Yeah, mm. so pretty gnarly. So yeah, check out the uh, the Red Bull documentary I guess on that yeah. one for anyone that doesn't know. That would be cool. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, back to back to George. Sorry. Yeah, George now is um, in a very good place. I would yeah. say so. Like, I feel like I'm I'm at the point where I was last off season. Like, yeah. Like just everything. Like I'm really just prepared, writing and mentally. Like, I feel like I'm as good as ever. Um, and just like frothing to go now that that's the other big thing is last off season um once with covid hit and then going overseas was like was uncertain for a start even going there let alone if the races were going to happen so it was a big kind of like question mark the whole time of like what am i even training for yeah even guys who are like like bruni said winning races the year before he was he was struggling too with the motivation just being like what's the point if it's probably not going to happen mm. so it's crazy the difference that it makes once you realize um what you're actually i don't know training for and yeah. getting prepared for how much more motivated you get yeah like Have that that end I goal. still kind of it was kind of like deja vu this off season once um murray ball got postponed fort william got cancelled i was like oh it just feels like here 20, we go 2020 <laughs> i was like not this again yeah but then um in the last like two to three weeks where it feels like things are definitely going to happen it's like 
just like had this full like spark of motivation come back yeah. which is sick because I'm like frothing now to go overseas yeah whereas not that I wasn't frothing but it was just like that same sort of like blase feeling of like oh yeah going overseas don't know if it's going to happen mm. but um now it's like I'm like frothing to go to Europe yeah, cool. so it'll be yeah, good to I see good. um you've also got the new frame you were on the mm, old yeah um, your so the new, new propane rage frame um it's still not released and I wrote it from the start of when it was like the first batch of um, prototypes yeah um, and it's gone through a few changes basically just carbon layup and, and a few bits in the link and just but pretty much like in the way it works is the same bike I've had from the start but yeah. um, now the frame I'm on I'm pretty sure is the production version yeah um, but yeah that's what I'll be racing the World Cups and just like I've done a few time laps um, up Skyline and full laps and just I don't know just noticing like remembering how I used to ride section versus how our sections up there versus how I'm riding now I just I just feel dialed which is like a mint feeling before going to yeah. Europe the bike just looks that. a bit more like a finished bike with moving that bike shock works, man. Yeah. to the other side of that yeah the, so that was that was propane's main thing yeah was to move the shock in front of the seat tube instead of behind because yeah. Um, not so much in terms of how it works but they obviously worked on that since mm. I make a new frame they may as well improve yeah. how the bike works but I feel like um, well not feel like like I know that was from what they said a big put off for a lot lots Custom. of customers oh as a custom they're worried about yeah. rocks and grit and mud and shit getting mm. directly from the back wheel into the shock where yeah. it wasn't as bad as people thought because not that much mud actually gets in there Yeah, because it would it more so hit like the link above the shock or the um, seat tube yeah but um it was a big put off but yeah the new bike now is is dialed it's like um it's a like the kinematics work a lot different yeah um, even though it's a similar similar linkage but it's way more supple off the top way more progressive um and it has a slightly rearward axle path all right somewhere between like a like a high pivot common cell for example or mm-hmm. like a bike that doesn't have a rear axle path it's yeah. somewhere in between I think yeah um, which is just meant for rough stuff yeah. I remember actually going back to the old bike a bit um, during the summer and I'd done like a little bit of riding and done one race with it and going back I was like which is already a mint bike because I remember the first time I jumped on the yeah the old propane mm-hmm. rage yeah I was like just at home straight away yeah so I was like that for me was like a big confidence booster going back to that one after having been comfortable with a new one yeah and being like not that it was actually it has lots of strong points but it was something basically just rough stuff I noticed how good the new one is yeah so like going back to the O-Chain that's why mm. I was like I just didn't didn't care to bother trying nah. the O-Chain because I was like this bike's just meant on rough stuff yeah but then it's like covers all the other um, points of, of riding where it's like mm. it's, it's stiff enough so it's good in bike park berms and stuff yeah um, but it's like progressive it's like it's playful it's just good in rough stuff like everything yeah I, propane have actually like not just because they're my sponsor but they actually have like nailed it mm. on the bike I've always felt like sick. yeah I don't know when a, well, there's been a couple of bikes when you jump on them I don't know you, you get your timing right George because the yeah. commensal <laughs> When well, you jumped on the commensal, they went to that high pivot one. Oh, they maybe yeah. had it a bit before. That, they had sure. it the year before. The year before, but then 
it got a bit more dialed I think mm. when you got it and that was sick and then you got the GT and then you got that and they went to the new one they went yeah. to the new one and then Propane and I was like oh, I, I actually quite liked the look of them but I wasn't wasn't crazy because again that whole shock behind I was like mm. eh. and yeah. now they've changed it put the shock on the other side of that um, seat tube kind of yeah. if you like and then yeah it looks like it's sick yeah well you, that's like the design that they're going for across the board with yeah. all um all of the full suspension ones yeah so like the the eugene the trail bike yeah. um, the tire the enduro bike and now the rage the downhill bike they're all that same design yeah but um yeah that's like you're saying with timed it well it's more i've um that's always been pretty much my priority yeah as a good bike versus say if i, I was going to get paid like 10 or 20 grand more yeah. somewhere at a different team but i knew the bike was maybe not shit but like not what I'd be comfortable on yeah I would have happily taken less money but to then ride a good bike yeah um, because it goes hand in hand always if, been priority. yeah it does if you get yeah. a shit bike and get paid more well you probably ain't going to get be worth the same the next year if you've rode exactly. terrible so after your contract's up then you're not yeah. worth as much so it's exactly. worth it yeah. so yeah if you have a hunch that a bike's not good or if, if you don't get on with a bike and have the privilege of testing it then you're silly to take the money over a good bike mm. um so i've definitely had um options with bikes that i've not really got on yeah um on with so like with the gt i knew that they had the new bike coming yeah um but the thing is the funny thing is the gt i was actually that was my only option <laughs> so yeah. common cell had dropped me um only because of, like fair reason because they wanted to keep a mori on common cell and he was he wanted to get off the B team yeah not B team anymore it's the 100%, 100% team yeah. so that was the only way to keep him on 100% uh, sorry to keep him on common cell was to put him on basically in my spot yeah so I was like fuck like I was gutted but I was like fair enough yeah and I only had two options which was Mondraker and GT at the time um, but Mondraker went with Brooke so I was I was actually left with GT in the end yeah um, but I did know that they had the new bike coming and they explain like the kinematics how it's supposed to work and what it's bikes it's similar to and all yeah. that stuff so i was like i knew it wasn't going to be maybe i didn't know if it was going to be like an amazing bike but i knew it wasn't going to be bad yeah so i was comfortable with that decision um comments i knew it was a good bike trek when i went there obviously Trek's a good there. bike and now with propane um i got to test their bike the end of 2019 and that was like straight away highest on my list yeah because of testing yeah. it now. cool i tested it it was funny i found out from gt after them having told me basically all season they wanted to extend my year by uh, my contract by a year found out the tuesday wednesday evening before snowshoe finals they're like sorry but we're not <laughs> re-signing you oh i was like fuck like, cheers fellas yeah an hour one hour of, of sleep that night is before, before the final before practice or before the first day of practice and I like couldn't ride I was just fucked yeah and just so stressed and just full of anxiety it was horror. it was a shit week like worst World Cup race I probably ever headspace had in terms of headspace yeah. and enjoyment I hated it but um that week because that week I was trying to um basically speak to any other team that were looking for a rider was, luckily um team manager Mark Morrison from GT was was so good and he was, he's just a total edge so he 
wanted to look out for me and he was the one that like it's obviously it wasn't his decision but he was like I want to tell you now so you have the chance to speak to other teams yeah and yeah Tess rode the propane after qualifying I think it was um, on the other side of the hill <laughs> until like 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night yeah um, when like Tess rode a few laps on it <laughs> so it's crazy to think how that fucking week went it was pretty hectic week pretty horrible but um <laughs> like I just knew I was like after that night before practice and just like you know when you like haven't slept and you just like pretty much blur yeah. and you just can't concentrate you feel like a zombie yeah and yeah. on that track if anyone's ever ridden it when it's got a bit of moisture on it it's like lethal and I was like oh, I just couldn't ride and I was just pretty much like scared and not enjoying it and stressed out and didn't enjoy it I still somehow qualified um, yeah. after having like a you know, slide out of crash or something and still somehow didn't have us yeah but then luckily after after a bit secured a deal with, with propane and it's just been like mint from the start and they've been they've been like real good and it's a smaller company it's not real corporate yeah. which I like a lot mm. so I'm at I've got like WhatsApp direct contact with like the owner and the engineer and the marketing manager yeah so yeah it's just a sick company good team um, and they're growing a lot so yeah kind of hopefully you can stick with them for a bit if they if they can because I'm I'm frothing the company and frothing the bike so yeah I'm happy with where I'm at I'm just yeah enjoying it yeah no yeah well I'm excited sad. to uh, I know see how everyone goes overseas and hopefully it's a bit more of a, a normal year I guess from a spectator yeah. point yeah. as well for you guys yeah I think it'll be good and like um, I, I feel like by the end of the year a few of the venues will be allowing uh, allowing spectators cool well it's good yeah. to hear Leo Gang's going to kick it yeah, off yeah and Leo Gang's the first one so yeah. surely by the end with all the vaccinations um, rolling out surely they'll be allowing spectators at, at most of them or a yeah. few of them wicked fingers crossed who knows but that'll be safe. so you fly out in two days two days and then yeah testing testing and then first World Cup race and then um yeah, World Cup, Crankworks, EWS, World Cup. Just, yeah, it's going to be pretty full on. Into it. Frothing for it, yeah. I can't wait, eh? Well, awesome. Yeah. We'll wrap it up there. I think we've actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been, been a while. pretty good, I reckon. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for that. <laughs>